0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to an evening edition of the Run Your Mouth broadcast. Maybe we'll do evenings. You know, fuck mornings. I was never a morning person anyways. I'd like to go back to drinking and going to sleep at three and then waking up and when who knows when and then some point you're not hungover and then another point you start reading the news and then the next thing you know, you're like, it's evening. I got to go live. I'm like Batman. I wake up at night. Uh, So welcome to the evening super brief where we're going to get into uh, all sorts of stuff Uh, Right off the bat, I do owe an apology to the people of Ukraine. Uh, I was looking at Zelensky's wife, uh, and it turned out to be some other fat pig. So I apologize. That's on me. I didn't do my homework. It was evident on that specific episode that I didn't do my part in terms of giving you guys accurate information. Uh, Zelensky's wife is incredibly beautiful, and they have her dressed up like a villain. She's wearing all the fancy stuff that you only see on a particular breed of hot women that come from, you know, that are married to wealthy men. So I just want to say it's my apologies. I I try and do my homework. I try and get this information right. And uh, sometimes, you know, I knew something was wrong. Uh, The other thing is I've heard from you guys. You email me, you text me, you tell me you're wandering the desert. You can't find the stream. You're looking all over and you're like, this thing's live. I want to be a part of it. I want to text him comments while he's yelling random things. So here's where you can find me. Look at this. I've organized it for you. You want to get in on this live comment action? It's youtube.com slash C slash run your mouth. That C stands for cookies. So it's easy to remember. At first, I got very upset with them. I was like, why you got to throw a C in the middle of the two things? If you would just give me YouTube.com slash run your mouth, I could go tell people that. They can remember it real easy. You start adding slashes and Cs, gets confusing. But then they told me that the C was for cookies because you see YouTube, they won't get back to you if it's addressing a problem such as why your content was removed, or maybe the C is for censorship. Maybe the C is a warning of, hey, your content's not going to last that long here. But that's why we have a permanent running o- um, archive on Odyssey. You can catch us live on Odyssey as well. Uh, and if you want to get on in the comments, you can go to YouTube and maybe just keep both running at the same time. And then you can keep one a little bit delayed and one going straight. And then you can hear me with an echo and it would be like, God was talking to you, except he didn't make any sense. So I don't know, maybe that's something that you would enjoy with your time. All right, so now that we've addressed all these housekeeping issues, let's get into today's topics. Uh, in pet news, we have what to do What to do if you find your cat inside out and your dog's licking what's now the outside of the cat's asshole. Uh, a lot of reports of that happened in the South. In COVID, uh, with recent news that the COVID vaccines makes kids more likely to get COVID, health experts are asking if you can avoid the increased risk in transmission by giving up your kids for adoption. Smart, now that the vaccines don't work for kids, you got to start coming up with some options. Uh, In business tips, our experts are asking if you took out a PPE loan for a business you don't have in an industry that you've never worked in, is Biden really going to punish the people good at filling out government forms? Or is that like solving inflation, just one of the things he says before dinner and forgets about in the morning? Uh, And then lastly, in entertainment, we have... Uh, are you having trouble getting casted as a Ukrainian crisis actor? Our makeup experts have all the details on what the news media is looking for in pretend corpses. I need to get that 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 news drop back that uh, was, you know, playing a little bit too loud. Get the levels right. Get the stream out to the people, you know, because uh, we got the masses. They're trying to get in here. They're trying to listen like anarchist seeds right off the bat saying, let's fucking go, Robbie." Looking for your expert opinion on why I should only care about a country I'm not planning in. uh, I care about a country I'm not in or never plan to go to. Well, it's the best place to stay in Port-A-Wife from. So anarchist seeds, if you're like the other men in this audience that make a decent living but are totally autistic and have no way of, uh, you know, uh, relating with women. Uh, so, if you're hoping that that strip clubs will still have women in a few years, we're going to need to keep our relationships with Ukraine in good standing. Otherwise, you're going to go to the strip clubs, and they're not going to be for you. They're all going to be the big booty ladies, which uh, that's not for the people of our audience. I mean, there's a market for it, and I can appreciate it, but that's not what we're looking for. And you know, if you're looking to actually invest in one of those and take them home and make it your own, uh, we're going to need to have decent relationships with Russia and Ukraine. Otherwise, ten years from now. There's, you're gonna go to strip clubs and it's just it's not gonna be what you're looking for. All right. Today's show is brought to you by the question, what? And uh I'm noticing more and more when I read news articles, I'm wondering, hey, am I missing something here? Like I almost wonder if you know that sensation you get when you've spaced out while reading or you're driving your car, li- you're listening to an audio book, you totally space out and you realize I must have missed something here. Well, I'm finding more and more that articles are missing critical pieces of information. And so while I'm reading them, I feel like I've missed something. So then I go back and I reread the article and then I re- I didn't miss it. And then I try and research the article to figure out if someone else is addressing it. And then at some point you're like, I've, I've done too much homework on this. This doesn't pay me well enough. And so I would like to address and showcase as we go through today's news stories, how often the media just isn't telling us the what of the situation. So here, just to kind of, showcase this issue because we're going to run through a whole bunch of news stories where this came up. So the first one is there's a news story that the, uh, mayor in Chicago is quoted as saying, I have the biggest Dick in Chicago. Uh, and I'm fairly certain that this is a lady. Uh, now she does look like the ghost of Don King. And if she's not a lady, I'll I'll, I'll address this person however she wants to be addressed. And I will uh, certainly respect if it's a lady with the biggest dick in Chicago. I mean, that's way more impressive than being a man with the biggest dick in Chicago. Uh, But the article does not make it very clear as to, well, what happened here that this person decided to stand up and pronounce the fact that they have the largest dick in Chicago? And so I was able to figure out it had something to do with uh, Columbus Day and parades and the statue. And so here was one quote from the article where she says, get that fucking statue back here before noon tomorrow or I'm going to have you fired. Which leaves you with questions. Where did the statue go? Who took it? Why is it so important? Did someone put some sort of like hex on the statue that if something happens to the statue, it's going to happen to you too? Is this some sort of voodoo statue? You got to keep it in your possession at all times. Make sure nothing happens. Why are you so concerned with this Columbus statue? Then it turns out, looks like people, they want to go on this parade. They want to take the statue on the parade. I've never seen people take a statue on a parade. It's like the Pope mobile You put it in the backseat of the convertible and you just show off the Columbus statue. Who are these people that want to take the statue on the parade? So here was the quote that got her in trouble. We'll read it directly. Uh, For those of you who, uh, you know, don't, you can't handle this language. It's coming directly from the mayor. Uh, and while it's blurred out, I'm not going to blur out these words. So you dick, what the fuck were you thinking? You make some kind of secret agreement with the Italians. What are you doing? You're out there measuring your dick with the Italians, seeing who's got the biggest dick. You're out there stroking your dick over the Columbus statue. I'm trying to keep the Chicago police officers from being shot. And you're trying to get them shot. My dick is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest dick in Chicago. And I was just thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if this is how they actually solved problems in Chicago? Uh, and maybe that's why Obama was so popular. but like you know, you're standing at a school meeting and you're like, uh, uh, who made a motion against my school budget increase? I'll take my dick out right now. If you think if someone in this room thinks they got a bigger dick at me that we're gonna go with your school proposal over mine, I'll take out my dick, I promise you, or perhaps maybe that's why there's so many school shootings is that every time they go out to investigate, some, one of the cops is like, Hey, I've got a good lead. I got a hunch. And they're like, no, the, his officer's like, no, we're not doing that. We're, we're going to go out and, and follow my lead. And he's like, no, I got a good lead. I really think I could solve this thing. And he's like, you think you got a bigger dick than me? You think your dick's bigger than me that we're going to go with your idea? Or maybe that's actually why they can't stop the shootings in Chicago is that it's actually this guy with the giant dick who's doing all the shootings and then every single time they arrest him, he just looks at you. He's like, you got a bigger dick than me. Well, then you're not taking me in. So, all right. Which brings us to Ukraine versus Russia. But this framework of what I'm trying to tell you is they're not doing a great job of just telling us what's actually happening. Now, here's what's going on in the Russia situation that's getting confusing. First is I saw this uh, picture of this kid who apparently... Um, I guess he was captured by the Ukrainians and they, uh, they fed him. And if you look at this picture, getting captured in war is not supposed to look like the finish of a marathon. It shouldn't look like you just came like, Oh, nice. Uh, was the fighting the war with us fun for you here? We got some teas and cookies and we made some pies. And now this video, I can't, I I don't know if this is an accurate video, but there is a video of, uh, people in body bags you know, they're trying to show off. Look at, look at how tragic this war is. And then one of the body bags starts moving. Oh my God. They figured out how to bring people back from the dead. We don't even have to worry about Corona anymore because if people are dying, look at this, they can make miraculous recoveries. And so someone walks over and goes, Hey man, we're trying, we're trying to do a propaganda piece right now. What are you doing? You got to stay in your bag. You're not supposed to move or we're filming propaganda out here. Other strange stories uh, that are coming uh, out of uh, the Ukraine is there was footage of these uh, soldiers and they get captured and so they keep asking these people if they're soldiers and they're all just like now nah, we're we're everyone's a, public, a substitute teacher they found out that there was a math crisis in the Ukraine that no one needed no one knew their math and so they're just substitute teachers then instead of going to work they decided to get on vehicles like tanks because that's what they take into work. If you're a teacher in Ukraine and you're showing up to the office, you get into a giant tank and sometimes you go into the public public school to teach and other times they take you into other countries and your math question is, hey, you've got three bullets, how quickly can you fire them at the gun at civilians? So strange stuff coming from Ukraine. I'm going to let the entire Ukraine story uh, sit for a little bit. You know why? Because I don't know what the fuck is going on out there. I've already given you all the coverage you need to know. I think that it's the Biden crime family they uh, they they wanted to make sure that Nord Stream never came into action. Putin's finally like, not in my backyard. If someone's going to profit in, the, in in this area, it's going to be me. And so now they're at war. I don't have anything more for you. I'll give you guys the developments as they come. But I'm just telling you, I can't tell what the hell is going on out there. All right. Um. However, I do have some movie pitches based on everything I'm seeing that's what's going on. The first is they're starting to seize these boats which I'm thinking could make for a great movie where, you know, our Rambo type person starts going after these boats, tracking down these oligarchs, seeing where they are, taking their boats over. Now, what do you think's funnier? Blowing these people's boats up where you make sure they're not on the boat and then you make them watch you explode the boat or towing it? Like, because dying tow truck could be pretty funny where you, you show up, you're out at the club, you're dancing it up, you try and get back to your boat, and then there's, like, some fat American guy. Like, straight up, it would be really funny if they got what looked like an American tow truck and they just put it on, like, the top of a tow boat. And then the guy, like, and, and, and you're trying to be like, I swear, I'm not, I did not not pay for my boat. Don't take my boat. I, I, I paid my taxes. And then there's also Germany has reported seizing Russian billionaire Ali Sher Usumov's $600 million yacht. And if I was Putin, I would find empty cruise ships and just start blowing them up. That's what I would do. I'd sell my submarines out just and be like, listen, if you're going to seize our boats, we're going to just start exploding your, because the rules to what you can and can't do to each other. I can't imagine that it's in a NATO treaty that you're not allowed to explode empty cruise ships. Uh, it seems like instead they're just going after the Ukrainian oligarchs and killing them. Uh, here's another TV show idea. We recreate Seinfeld where Kramer is a stranded Russian oligarch who had all of his money seized, and that's why he feels so comfortable just taking things from Jerry's apartment. I got to work on that one, but that was my other TV pitch. And then here was the other uh, big story is just trying to blame. They're trying to say that the reason why uh, uh, Putin hasn't successfully taken over Ukraine yet is that he's created his own traffic jam. When he got pissed off and said, you know what, let's just send 40 miles worth of people in, apparently single file line armies when you've got tires from China that will that will misfunction, you end up with your own traffic jam. I'm calling bullshit on that one. All right. Election fraud. So there's all sorts of developments in the case of election fraud, whether or not there was election fraud, whether or not Donald Trump just claimed election fraud. I will say that if the entire story was just a completely made up and Donald Trump potentially engaged in Illegal activities, or uh, I think at some point you should become you should okay you shouldn't be allowed to run again. Now that's a little bit crazy to say, considering that they robbed him of his presidency in terms of claiming that he was a Russian asset for two years, and then they did the whole COVID shindig on him. Uh, so and then what else did they do that was really crazy? Because there were some there. I know that I'm missing one right now, but those were two pretty big ones. Uh so yes. Oh, here was the other one I was thinking of was the laptop thing. So he was first Trump was removed from social media, which helped him win the first time around, off of a retweet that he had about hydroxychloroquine. And then it turned out that the article that they used to censor him was certifiably false. And then they also censored the Hunter Biden story, which turned out to be completely true. And if that had gotten the typical coverage that you would see from a story like that in an election cycle, uh, it is very likely that that would have made a substantial difference in the election and that Joe uh, Joe Biden probably would have lost. Uh, now, with all that being said, so we need to correct for all of those things. But if Donald Trump fully knew that he 100 percent lost the election and sat down with his legal team to try and figure out, well, hey, how can we pretend like I really won it and there was just election fraud? And he whipped the country into so much of a frenzy that people did walk into a building on January 6th. And now they have to go to jail for it. Like, I, I think there's some level of responsibility on him. And I'm not saying we're there yet, but the idea that he might have pushed it far enough where it's like, yeah, you can't be back in that office because you clearly like, was he just pulling a straight up Donald Trump here? The guy knew that he didn't win. He absolutely just tried to say, hey, can we find some legal team that can come up with some bullshit? And then he just thought he was going to trump his way through it. I, I do think that that warrants an investigation. I'm not saying any of the things that happened before that moment. We need to like everything that is fraudulent here should be cleaned up. The deep state that pulled off pretending like he was a Russian asset for two years, that should be unwound. And if there was election fraud, then we should figure out what the election fraud was, make sure that that can't happen again, and we should punish those individuals. But if Donald Trump straight up just had nothing and was just pretending like he had won that election, that's a problem also. So here, you had an article from Bill Barr. Now, Bill Barr, maybe he's full of shit. This guy's trying to move his book, and we all know that's where you get your payouts when you leave office. Usually, they don't even put anything spicy in the book because they got built-in profits. They've already got their bribe money where they've done something two years earlier, and then when they leave, they know those books are getting bought. That's how they process the bribe money. It's either that or contracts from Netflix or cable companies or other things or speeches uh, but usually the books, that's a pretty good way to bribe these people. In this case, Bill Barr is actually thrown some spicy, spicy things out there to move some copies of this book. Uh, so the headline, this is from the Wall Street Journal, William Barr, when I confronted Trump about election fraud. We're going to read a couple pieces from this. Uh, so first is in terms of addressing some of the concerns, he acknowledged them and he said this also increased the opportunity for fraud. He's talking about the uh, basically mail and voting. But still, the opportunity for fraud isn't evidence of fraud, which is fair. Okay. then he said that when they were first claiming that there was election fraud, he took it seriously. He wanted to see if it was worthy of investigation. However, this is Bill Barr. When I looked at the voting patterns, it also appeared to me that President Trump had underperformed among certain Republican and independent voters in some key suburban areas in the swing states. He ran weaker in these areas than he had in 2016. It seemed this shortfall could explain the outcome. The fact that in many key areas, the president ran behind Republican candidates below him on the ballot suggested this conclusion and appeared inconsistent with the fraud narrative. Now, like I said, I am... Uh, uh, I'm agnostic on the election fraud. I don't understand any of these statistical arguments, whether or not to weigh in on it, uh, but reasonable take. Now, here, this is a great paragraph. This one's fun. So, Donald Trump pulls him into his office. He won't even look at him. He turns off the TV and he goes, uh, Bar, do you hate me? Which is such a Trump way to start a conversation, such a childish teenage girl sitting at a table. Do you hate me? Just put him on the back pedal. And so, here was his response. No, Mr. President, I don't hate you, I said. You know, I sacrificed a lot personally to come in to help you when I thought you were being wronged. The president nodded, almost involuntarily conceding the point. But over the weekend, you started blaming the department for the inability of your legal team to come up with evidence of fraud. The department is not an extension of your legal team. Our mission is to investigate and prosecute actual fraud. The fact is, we have looked at the major claims your people are making, and they are bullshit. Continuing. Your legal team keeps publicly saying fraud, but their arguments in court don't claim fraud. I said they're really saying the state didn't follow the rules, but that is not the same as evidence of fraud. Now, this was something that we had heard on Run Your Mouth months back. We had a lawyer on, I guess this is years back. Uh, that essentially while they were in the newspaper saying there was fraud, the actual court cases were not about fraud and almost appeared like they were trying to bog down the court with court cases that they knew that they couldn't win just that they could keep this story active in the headlines. While that's going on, you've got the January 6th parental claims to have evidence that Trump committed crimes. Now, I believe this is from Zero Hedge because once again, what? So what crimes? What crimes do you have evidence of? So we got Bill Barr saying, hey, it seems like Trump was really being full of shit on this and trying to remove himself from that entire situation. Now you got this article, January 6th panel claims to have evidence Trump committed crimes. Now, the first thing you would like to know is what crimes might he have committed? It's the what question, right? If I'm reading an article, January 6th panel claims to have evidence Trump committed crimes. You want to know, well, then what, what criminally might he be responsible for? All right. So this was, uh, I believe I took this from Zero Hedge. The criminal part of this conspiracy stems from President Trump's effort to interfere in the election certification process. According to the Wall Street Journal, the committee found its evidence in the testimony of attorney John Eastman, a professor at Chapman University who advocated for a fringe legal theory, which claimed that VP Mike Pence could stop the election certification process Eastman is still fighting to withhold thousands of pages of emails from the committee. All right. Is anything there clearly criminal? Now, I understand. Firstly, I'm on side. Hey, if he sat down with the lawyer and said, hey, can you figure out how I can keep the presidency even if I technically lost? And then maybe a legal team tries to go, hey, well, we could just not certify the election if we're making our own claim. Like there's a reinforcing cycle where you're referencing yourself that you make news stories of fraud. And then you go, since there's fraud, we're not going to certify it. That to me is problematic. However, this article, they're claiming that there was something illegal, right? Maybe there isn't currently something that was illegal behavior, in which case maybe you got to reconsider. We got to change the laws here. Uh, But in this case, I'm wondering, well, what specifically was the illegal activity? And now while that's all going on, I bet you didn't even see this news story. But in Wisconsin, there was a GOP investigator, now, when they say GOP investigator, I think he's he was an ex uh, pretty high level judge that then took on this job, uh, who is saying that Wisconsin should weigh decertifying the vote. So we're going to read a couple pieces of this article because once again, you're going to read the article and be like, what specifically did he find? Can you can I get the what information here? Here, let's read a little bit. The Republican hired investigator of Wisconsin's 2020 election testified Tuesday that the state legislator should take a very hard look at the option of decertification of the 2020 presidential election, a move that GOP leaders reiterated they won't make that they won't make and that nonpartisan attorneys call illegal. Michael Gableman released a 136 page interim report in a nationwide GOP effort to reshape elections following President Joe Biden's victory over Trump. Gableman, a former conservative state Supreme Court justice who revealed Tuesday that he voted for Trump and whose probe has been dismissed as partisan by election experts and some Republicans spent three hours detailing his findings before the assembly election committee. All right. So once again, what specifically did this guy find? Continuing, it was immediately met with bipartisan criticism. Republican assembly majority leader Jim Stink rejected the call to decertify the election. Still not legal under Wisconsin law, Stenke tweeted. Beyond that, it would have no practical impact because there is no constitutional way to remove a sitting president other than through impeachment or incapacity. Fool's errand, focus on the future. I want to pause here. So at this point in the article, they haven't told us what the guy found, and they're not even saying that what he found isn't true. They're just saying there's no way it because we can't, well, even if you can't unseat Biden, wouldn't we want to know if there was election fraud or wouldn't we want to know if there was something that we needed to change in the next election or wouldn't we want to know that the guy who's in office right now shouldn't even be there and actually did steal the election i would think that that would erode the guy's political capital where the republicans might look to impeach him where everyone might go hey we're not listening to this guy or when he lectures us that he has the will of the people on his side it would make a big difference if we found out the guy actually cheated So I wouldn't think if like your first response here would go, you, I would think you would want to go, well, no, there was an election fraud and here's why there wasn't more than you would go, Hey, don't look at that. It's irrelevant. Even if you find it, it's irrelevant. Let's continue. And Jacobs, the democratic chair of the bipartisan Wisconsin elections commission tweeted that Gableman was promoting a crazy conspiracy theory and that decertifying the election was impossible, not legal. Once again, fine. Maybe that's what, but that's exactly what he's saying is that maybe we need a review that you should have a process to decertify and that there are things that we need to look into. The commission issued a statement saying Gableman's report was based on mischaracterizations of state law and election administration. Nearly every issue had been litigated or otherwise addressed, and therefore the report's usefulness was minimal. All right, now at least they're taking on the actual information. Democratic governor Tony Evers called Gableman's work a circus, an embarrassment for our state and a colossal waste of taxpayer dollars that spreads misinformation about the election, attacks the integrity of election workers, and emboldens people to harass and demean public servants. Wow. That's it. Whatever he said must be accomplishing a lot because I don't even know what the guy said yet. He urged Republicans to end the investigation, but Gableman, who said he was negotiating a contract extension, said he would keep his work doing the work without one. This guy needs a competency test, Democratic U.S. Rep. Mark Poken tweeted in his response. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, who hired Gableman, said his work must continue because of the unresolved lawsuits challenging subpoenas he issued. So I guess he'd like to do more work, but not everyone's complying. Much Gableman's report attacked millions of dollars in funding from a Mark Zuckerberg-backed foundation aimed at increasing voter turnout. Most of the money went to five Democratic-dominated cities. Gableman said the money amounted to illegal bribery. Three courts in the past year have upheld the grants as legal. Well, that at least sounds interesting. That actually sounds like something that might make for a pretty good news story. You would think if there was something that newspapers would want to cover, it's the fact that uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, spent millions of dollars to help the Democrats increase voter turnout. I mean, maybe that's nothing. It could be absolutely nothing. Maybe this is just typical donating to politicians, but at least it sounds interesting. All right. His report also criticized how the state handled nursing home ballots during the pandemic, as well as absentee ballot drop boxes. He recommended dismantling the bipartisan Wisconsin Elections Commission that Republicans created. Gabelman said that this report provided rationale for decertifying the election, but whether to do that wasn't up to him. The report said doing that would not change who is president. Gableman revealed for the first time that he had voted for Trump. He said, you bet I did. He said during a back and forth with Democratic lawmakers Biden defeated Trump by just under 21,000 votes in Wisconsin, a victory that has withhold, withstood recounts, multiple state and federal lawsuits, an audit by nonpartisan legislation audit bureau, and a report by the conservative Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. Last line that we're going to read here: An Associated Press review of Wisconsin and other battleground states also found, now this is great, far too little fraud to have tipped the election for Trump. Do you remember when they they went with zero evidence of fraud? Now it's they found far too little. Well, what did you find? That might be interesting to know. If you guys found something, can you tell us what it was that you found? All right, got a couple quick news stories left, and then a surprise segment with uh, with with uh, with Robert from Sheath. He's there. I see you, man. We're gonna get to you in a second. Uh, currency stuff. I don't know if I talked about this on the show yesterday, but sometimes you're pulling things out of your ass and you're reading the paper. And you're like, dude, that's exactly what I was talking about. You guys should go read this article, Wall Street Journal. If Russian currency reserves aren't real money, the world is in for a shock. Uh, Essentially, I had been talking about that the world's worst sanction would be if China and Russia stopped using the U.S. dollar and also taking them off the SWIFT system might not be helpful because you might be creating a lot of value for the Chinese system. And then when I saw that, uh, firstly, we've taken a bunch of money from Afghanistan, that I think we're now returning, but at one point, Biden, Biden had said that we were going to give it to the victims of uh, September 11th. Uh, and then in this case, there was claims that at one point they were talking to Janet Yellen about, I guess, seizing some Russian money that had been left with us. You're going to end up creating an environment where companies don't want to stock dollars or don't even necessarily want to like leave dollars in the American banking system because it might be seized. And if you do that, you're going to devalue the dollar, which uh, will not be a win for us. Like, in other words, all, like th- I'm just saying these things don't come without potential costs and consequences. And a potential catastrophic consequence here is that you scare other countries into, I better not. I mean, I'm the Bitcoin guy. I'm over here. I'm holding some Bitcoin. Let's fucking crash out the dollar. Let's get everyone on Bitcoin because they realize it's the only true currency. But I'm just saying in terms of American strategic interests, uh, they might be playing with fire here. And that article does a good job of breaking it down. Um, last article that I'm going to highlight for you guys, this is from week magazine. And it was talking about how the first January 6th jury trial begins. And, uh, I would think that in, before you can prosecute this guy, if Donald Trump might be responsible for actual crimes in terms of pretending, wouldn't you have to go through that case first? And what about all the case to see to what extent the FBI was involved? So I would think that if the president was involved in a, what turns out to be a criminal conspiracy that led people to believe that an election had been stolen, wouldn't you have to settle that first before you can find these individuals responsible? And then I would also think that you would really have to have the full picture of to what extent the FBI was involved in that day and maybe uh, provoke some of these activities or led to some form of entrapment before you could proceed with these court cases. And so dumbass of the day is every single article writer, uh, every one of the writers, the articles I just read, just tell me what the fuck happened. If I see your headline, it's interesting in the first part, just give me the actual information. Tell me what happened. I shouldn't be reading your article, scratching my head going, wait, why do I have to do more research on what happened here? Like, and then, uh, which brings me to the solution is we we should protest these writers, whoever these writers are. And now I know you're wondering where, who, when, how, and that's exactly the information we need. And that might leave you guys disappointed. They're like that's not a real solution so here with some actual real solutions I've got none other than Robert from Sheath he's got tips for better li- living he wants to support more than just your nuts uh, Robert's got a fantastic podcast I've been on a I've been a guest on this show more than once uh, it is the uh, RPG podcast
1: that's right Robert Patton Global baby
0: <laughs> all right I gotta give me one second here I gotta switch to headphones. Um so that we're not uh give me 1 second. I'm, I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better at the live broadcasting. You know it's yeah, a yeah. lot going on. Give me 1 sec. You're golden, so, baby. It's all, let's all going good. going to settings. Audio.
1: Promo code RYM saves 20% at off. <laughs> As if you didn't know.
0: <clears throat> and uh the best part is you can't you
1: don't zip your dick. That's right.
0: Am I allowed to claim that the the sheath hole makes your dick zipper proof cuz I I really think it does. I really think if we tested it with a lot of zippers, I think you'd be you, you'd have a tough time zipping your dick with the sheath with the sheath on. You know, if you yeah. got your dick in the sheath hole, that that's good fabric there.
1: Yeah, it's protective fabric. It, it it's bulletproof actually. Zipper proof, bulletproof. <laughs> saves you <clears throat> all sorts of trouble
0: you might you might get yourself in trouble claiming that it's uh that it's bulletproof i thought this was a comedy show
1: but you are talking some real talk over here
0: i I know it gets gets confusing i leave it to the audience to figure it out and then uh if i ever get in trouble of course it was comedy i mean even 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 rachel maddow gets away with claiming it was entertainment so wow yeah she's not entertaining though she's like more infuriating
1: in my opinion so sorry there you go. No, better.
0: no, I appreciate it. So Robert, you've built an underwear empire from, from scratch. You, you were out in the, I, for the people that don't know the story, you're out in the Iraq desert. He's got sensitive skin. He's, he's bruising up his penis. It's an absolute mess. And so he invents a better lifestyle, which is the sheath pouch, the dual pouch system, keeping everything cool and comfortable. And you said, I got to bring this to the world. I'm not going to just allow my nuts. like to be living this incredible sheath support lifestyle. I got to bring this to everybody. You've built an empire and now we're going to be bringing you on a monthly basis to share some business tips with the uh, listeners to this show of how they can be living a little bit better.
1: I love it. Thank you so much for having me on. And I've always, I always kind of want to teach people what I've done because it's not rocket science. I'm not Elon Musk. I was just a soldier, like a regular old army soldier and I created an empire, like you said. And it, so if I can do it, you can do it. That's what I say
0: that's that's the word of inspiration. if you and and you did, you had a rough upbringing,
1: yeah. oh I, I was I was raised in the ghettos of the toughest streets of middle Georgia. <laughs> and is suburbs. that a tough area? Ah, uh, no, I'm just joking. It was um <laughs> it was sweet, actually. Middle Georgia, Georgia itself, you know, like, not to get weird, but like all the racism that is, is claimed to exist everywhere. George is pretty, pretty cool, man. It's like half white, half black. And everybody seems to get along at least where I was at. And, and so Don't I was, everything uh,
0: when I was in Atlanta recently, the gig mm-hmm. I did was great. I I've never gotten along with people less.
1: Oh, really? It was bad. Oh,
0: it was everywhere I went. It felt like it was about to and sure. it wasn't it wasn't for me. I travel. I travel quite a bit. I like not to say that I am i don't have nervous Jew inside of me and a lot of yelly nature, but I don't bring that to other people. You'd be hard pressed to find me in a bodega yelling and screaming. And they I, it just it. it felt like it was going to pop off everywhere I went. Hmm. I maybe think I mean
1: maybe it's just a vibe. And you've since you did I grew up there. So when I go there, it's like I got I know the the body language of of how to get along with everyone in the south It's like
0: every single one of them looked at me and just went, Fuck this white boy.
1: <laughs> That's not pleasant. That would be I <laughs> did they say wigger, cracker, like no or, no no, none like,
0: of that. But the, the best incident, I think I've already told the story on this was uh I really had a tough time uh, with this car rental person. And then I was there with a good friend of mine, Menuin. And I mean, this is how rude she was. But when we walked away, she started yelling like, wait, you're here with him. She couldn't because she had concocted this story in her head that I was a racist and that the reason why we were having an issue here was because that I was a white racist. And so she was busting it. You know what I mean? It was like when you're out and you think you found a pedophile or something, you feel heroic. She had that energy where she had busted this white racist. And then when I ruined that reality for her, she really lost it.
1: That's unfortunate. Well, yeah.
0: Well, life, we weren't here to talk about my troubles on. and tribulations in Atlanta. We're here so that you can give us the golden business tips. And we're going to do one a month. So what do you got for us this month? People are popping off. They, they, everyone ruined their Januarys. No one got to what they needed to in january what is that some classic I'm, ketchup
1: okay so i'm holding up a bottle of sir kensington's classic ketchup why you're not a I heinz blame? guy i'm gonna let me tell you this story as to why i'm even using this because i've been i was a heinz guy to until about a year ago when one of our customers from poland asked us to send him a bottle of this sir kensington ketchup we're an underwear company where don't sell ketchup but he asked us to send him this bottle. He said he couldn't get it online, blah, blah, blah. It's his favorite ketchup. So I went online. I ordered the ketchup. We did a special package, sent it to him, and he was so happy. And That's
0: customer service, dude.
1: Exactly. That's the key. One of the major key tenets to customer service. There's a book by the guy that created Zappos. It's like Tony Huish. Whoish. I can't. Tony, it's called creating, uh, delivering happiness, and it's all about the customer service aspect of going, like doing what kind of whatever is asked, creating a mark, a remarkable experience, so that I can talk about. Like you know, now, I get to talk about this ketchup. Now I was just using it on my dinner while I waited for you to finish talking about all the scandals going on. But and I, I didn't really have it planned, <clears throat> but it's so true that when you create an experience for your customer that they're going to tell everyone they meet about like like who like isn't that weird he's got to tell people like they sent me ketchup they sent me
0: f-. unless it like, opened up and he thought that it was bloody underpants and he's like wait someone already got raped in these
1: he must have I, I, zipped his zipper. He wasn't wearing sheath, and he cut himself.
0: Yeah, they sent me already worn underwear. No, that that that's pretty crazy. The guy though to make that request. I thought so. I mean, so. you're you're an under you're almost so intrigued. Isn't it weird when someone makes a request that's so bold? You almost it's like you've been hypnotized, where you're like confused why they felt comfortable asking you for it. So you almost have to go do it, like so that you can relieve your own confusion of like why was this, you know, you, you feel like you're going to restore order to the universe because it's too weird that a guy asked you for it.
1: It was so strange. And we, my whole team were kind of like dumbfounded and like, should we do it? Should we not do it? And, of course, and then I remembered a story from Gary Vaynerchuk where he did something similar in the books that I've read, you know, delivering happiness, the thank you economy, just give, give, give. And it ultimately comes back to you, especially if you have a good product. I know I'm getting to like jumping straight into if you already have like a business customer service is key and i think we all know that but i don't know if people know like it's it's about creating an experience that they will talk about don't just do the minimal ship them the product yeah do that 99 percent of the time but when you get an opportunity to do something more you know, I I find like it's a test. Maybe that was the universe. That was God saying, is he hmm. going to send the ketchup or not?
0: I've had that. Uh, Sweetwater does a really good job with that, that um, they'll text me on the day an order supposed to come. Hey, did you actually get that stuff? Was it good? They're kind of like letting you know that they that they have good customer service. Uh, And there's a couple websites now that I, I've had good experiences with. So like the, the loyalty is there on account of the customer service for sure.
1: Yeah, and if you and if like say you're not there yet, you don't know where you at. You're where you, what you want to do, what you want to be. I meditate, and I, I highly suggest just sitting in a dark room, closing your eyes, with a notepad and a pencil, and and like ask the universe. I mean, I think people maybe think I'm crazy sometimes, and maybe I am. <laughs> That's but. how you
0: run an underwear empire. That's how you get there.
1: And I, and I read about other greats that have done it in the past. Um, it's called Sitting for Ideas. There's the guy that had like the most patents ever issued. He would just sit in a dark room and present like, okay, this these companies would go to him and put, to solve these problems and he would sit there. And your brain, as everyone should know, is like a problem solving machine. Give it a problem, it's going to solve it. Most likely, that's what it does. So, but you have to listen. You got to give it time and to process. And so, that's where the dark room and the notepad and just pay, just sit with it.
0: All right. So to keep us focused, uh, one one digestible idea. So let's go with the uh, the customer service. Yes. I'm going to recommend a book that really, if there's one book that there's a couple books, but this book really changed my life. You ever read The Go Giver? No. It's a small book it and it's a it will annoy you at first because it's a story that didn't happen. It's a storybook. The guy's telling you a story. Wow. You're sitting there reading it and you're like, I was an adult looking for a business book. Why am I reading this dumb story that never happened? I want like actual information. I want I want the stats. I want to know how something's going to grow my business. It's a very simple book and it's just about providing value. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you it was a paradigm shift in my head where it's like like you got to start thinking about that. Like, for example, you want a hot girlfriend? Like, well then I don't know, have more money and, and go to the gym and look better. Like go provide enough value that the hot girlfriend would want to be with you. Like the the solution to your problem is providing more value. When I look at my comedy career, it's why I got to be funnier. I got to provide more value. I want more listeners on the show. I got to do a better podcast, but like you got to start thinking about like value as being kind of the solution to your problem like that and you can control it and that's how that's like you know what i mean that's how you make more money you've got to provide it's always it's you provide more value to people you're going to make more money
1: here's a a, a story about that like the very so i'm in iraq 2008 i'm looking for sheath like i'm looking for a pouch underwear i hadn't created it all i knew is my balls were hot and i wanted derrick lewis black beast (laughs) UFC but so I'm in Iraq but hot balls are you working with them no again oh, no yeah. no 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 we should but um, uh, because that's a good line but so I was looking for it be- and I couldn't find it now I did find this one company though and they're called it's called obviously and I'd like the name because to me it was like obviously you need a pouch for your balls it didn't it wasn't perfect because I ended up having to make my own but is decent. So if you're in Australia, it's called obviously, but what they did when I ordered, I, I I went to, I found it like whatever. And I ordered a pair of red boxer briefs. They sent me two pair of black boxer briefs because they had run out of red. And I was so happy. I was like, that's awesome. I'm, I'm cool with the no red. I'll take two black. And, um, and so that's kind of one of the things that we've adopted over the course of our company is anytime someone Um, ordered something we didn't have, which ideally you have your inventory stuff straight, which is not that easy. You'd find out when you're doing running a business. Inventory can get out of hand, especially with as much product as we have. But then also say a customer orders the wrong size or we accidentally send them a wrong thing and then they complain. We'll We'll not only... Do we fix it? But we'll like double the order sometimes, not all the time, but like if it's one pair, we'll send two pairs just so that the bad experience turns into a positive experience. Now they're happy.
0: And then they yeah. also see that you give a shit, which makes a huge difference. Just going, hey, we're not, we're not some company. We give a shit. Robert, we're going to do it again. Monthly segment, get the business tips so that everyone can live a better life. I, uh, why don't, if you can plug the podcast for people, cause I mean, your entire episodes are kind of delving into secrets for success and then we'll take a couple comments, but why don't you tell people where they can find your show?
1: Thank you. It's Robert Patton global. It's on YouTube and iTunes and all the different places. My latest podcast was with Michael Malice. You might know who he is. Hell yeah. So check it out. And thank you, Robbie. Love, love everything you do. I'll see you next month.
0: Hang out, uh, hang out for the comments. Let's see what we got here. So sweet oh. petite's, If an accuser is proven false, then they should suffer the same consequences that the accused would have uh, had they been proven guilty. I'm I'm mostly okay with that. I do think that there is a problem of uh, I mean, it, it happens probably with rape stuff more than anything else. But it's pretty terrible when people just make completely false claims because it can well, I, really fuck up your shit.
1: So he's talking about the, the false claim of the election fraud. So if oh he, yeah,
0: yeah, because I was saying that I I think um, I'm not a hundred percent on this because I I, I am. I, it was fraud. I, Oh, what, you think it was?
1: uh... I think something happened. I mean, a little bit of something. And and it might not even have been like a direct fraud, but there was an article written in the New York Times about this cabal of elite people who conspired to make sure he didn't win. It might not have been directly fraud, but withholding evidence on the news. And that alone, like, shifted the public opinion enough to sway the election. And and is that fraud? No.
0: I think if there was enough to go on that Donald Trump was being reasonable when he said, Hey, they stole the election from me. That's fine. If, if, if we can prove though, that he concocted it where he sat down with his lawyers and said, Hey, like go, go make a story for me. He shouldn't be allowed to run again.
1: Well, the funny thing is they're looking into his emails right now and they're like, oh, we got to get in the emails. But then when we were trying to we trying to look into Hillary's emails, it's like, oh, the emails, (laughs) why do you care about the emails? It's just, you know, but now they were
0: there were apparently with Hillary. There were 30,000 emails about her doing yoga. Um, Sweet petite. If Trump made up election fraud narrative, then he's a fucking baby. Uh, Bill Barr didn't investigate fraud. Uh, Derek Dobbins. There's also no evidence when you literally don't look for evidence. Um, that is facts. <laughs> All right. The Olympic athlete that lived in Tennessee, but someone filled out his mail-in ballot and voted in his name in a different state, didn't get investigated. Well, right. that's why they're already changing it from no fraud to no evidence of like fraud that would have made a difference. But I'm with Derek here that I watched countless hearings where people were talking about shady things that were going on at the voting centers and they just listened to it for six hours and they just certified it. And then the news went, well, it's been certified. It's like, yeah, but what about the six hours of testimony? I just heard of shady ass shit. And, and so I would agree with this one also. I don't know this specific story for all. I know Derek just made this up, but yes, if there are incidents like this, we, it should be investigated.
1: They look into stuff they want to look into and they don't look into. Stuff they don't Want to look into
0: uh jk win nice finally get to catch your show live love the energy and the authenticity i'll take it two more comics mark zuckerberg bribery i'm gonna hopefully do a little bit more research into what specifically i don't know if you heard that part but uh in wisconsin they just wrapped up a uh i mean it was a republican-led investigation with public funds into uh the election and the two big pieces of he didn't quite even call it fraud, but what he said, problematic behavior, was one, what I would call ballot harvesting at old age homes. I don't know how impactful it was, but it does seem like Democrats were going into old age homes and kind of force, not forcibly, not taking anyone's hand and signing will type things, but, you know, doing what they could to get people that otherwise weren't going to be voting to vote. You're not going to uh, vote for
1: Trump. Are you, you know, like probably yeah. shaming them. You're going to, you're going to hear about, you know,
0: <laughs> something along those lines, Maybe. like, Hey, like those jellos we send in here. Right. You know, you wouldn't want to go a week without your jellos. Uh, and then also apparently there was quite a bit of Mark Zuckerberg money, uh, floating around in the area to help the efforts in terms of, uh, but that, that might not like I, the fact that Zuckerberg, is a billionaire at a tech company and it gives money to an election effort. That doesn't mean right off the bat that something criminal happened. Perhaps he actually wanted to help run a better election where he's concerned with COVID and he sees the issues at hand. And so he wants to make sure everyone has an opportunity to vote. So just like, you know what I mean? Just the fact that his name appears doesn't mean that there was anything bad. It needs a little bit more, a little more information.
1: Did you see the uh, the, uh, Lex Friedman? Interview with him. Ooh,
0: I gotta watch that. Two robots getting together. How yeah, often do you see that? I
1: only I only saw like the first hour because it, it came
0: on late. And but it, he's a robot. <laughs> They're both <first laughs> robots. <laughs> That's what I got from it. All right. Uh, we got Forest Mommy saying uh good business tips, and then last comment for today. Sweet petite's Great show, guys. There you go. We end on a thumbs up. Robert, which uh which sheath you got on? I got the blacks. How about blacks. I think I'm wearing some bamboo. They're good. I'm, I have sensitive skin.
1: Yeah, those are the bamboo V's. I I got to be honest.
0: I like the blacks. Like the uh um I love the colors. The colors they they look sexy as hell. If I put on the matrix shit, hot mm-hmm. damn, I look good, dude. That's fucking lingerie for men. But that I, that white inside, it's too white in there. It makes me nervous uh... I'm going to stain it up. Yeah. You know what I mean, I, I I got a dirty asshole. I like something with a little more color so that, you know, it I hides. can more discreetly shit my pants. Yeah. Yeah. It's like camouflage for poop. Exactly. I actually would like that. A, a deep brown ca- a, a camo. Can we actually make that line? <laughs> <camera>. <laughs>
1: I got you. Yeah. The,
0: the Robbie the fire shit stain camo line, which could be like a, a dark brown and green. I'll, I'll start. I can send you samples of my poops so that you have a better understanding of the exact color we're looking for yeah
1: it'd be like mossy oak kind of like the real tree camo <laughs> yeah, you, you got my
0: diet down the... you know what we're looking at uh when, when uh one of the limited edition uh fire hats coming out only only three will be available
1: they will be here by the before the end of the month they're already being made i got three different run your mouth sheath hats because you Fuck always yeah. wear hats and i think you should you should let the bald head fly but if you're going to wear a hat wear a sheath hat
0: so. It usually, you know what it is? Start of the week, it's bald head fly. End of the week, I'm too lazy to shave my head. So I start wearing hats. It's like, huh. it's like moon cycles.
1: You got a nice head, dude. You're good. Oh,
0: you're a beautiful, man. All right. You. Thank you, Robert. We'll do it again. Uh, looking yeah. forward to next month's tips.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone. See you soon. Sheathunderwear.com. Peace. Peace.